Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. The second edition of the 2019-2020 College Basketball Dream Preview. I'm, of course, Brad Powers alongside A.J. Hoffman, who is in Houston. Had a successful first podcast, I believe. I think overall, you know, we lined it up, looked at the likes and the best bets. I think overall showed a positive. That was two weeks ago, though. It's all about now. We got you covered for this upcoming weekend with some of the biggest uh, games. And how about this? I just literally found out about this like 30 seconds ago. So, you know, AJ sends over, you know, the games he wants to talk about. And it's usually, you know, the five, seven, you know, maybe eight, nine, ten biggest games of the weekend. And then, you know, best bet can be any game. So it doesn't matter if it's Alabama or South Alabama or Duke or, you know, Bowling Green. Doesn't matter. Any game from the weekend. Any game from the weekend. Any side, any total can be a best bet. And I literally just found out that not only does A.J. Hoffman have a best bet on this team, Dave Esler also has the same team, same game. So one of the first I think he times into my email. What's he, I don't think he was. I'm not sure. Because I didn't. Atta- I didn't send my. I didn't send my notes to him. So you I, did not. Yeah, you did not. You did not send. You only sent your notes to me. So the fact that it. I got from you know nobody was looking at anybody's notes here. Uh, it was sent in from two different people. Two guys I respect uh, just about two as much as anybody. Zones. What's that? Two different time zones. Way, way different time zones. Uh, way different age groups. Way, way different ways of looking <laughs> at a game. And yet they have arrived on the same team and the same best bet. A very, very rare double best bet. I got you guys a best bet coming up. Sleepy's going to you know, th- talk about a few games here. Uh, without further ado, let's get this one started. Showtime! Woo! But before we do break down the biggest games of the weekends, we, we like to at least you know, touch on maybe uh, whether it's a theme or a trend, maybe a key injury that's getting overlooked, something that's happening in college basketball for this particular week and weekend that uh, we haven't discussed in depth before. And AJ, conference, uh, is, as far as conference play, really heating up this time of year. And I, I think you have the number one factor when you're starting to evaluate these teams as they head into conference play, what is it? Yeah, when when I look at teams as you get into the conference schedule, if you've got teams rated closely, the first thing I, I look at is strength of schedule. And uh, one of the, one of the ways I'll do it, and obviously Ken Palm has strength of schedule; it's an easy way to find it. But one of the things I like to do is often look back at preseason rankings. Like every conference does their preseason polls. And you can kind of see what the expectation was for these teams going into the season. And then you, you take a look uh, to the future and you say, okay, this is what's happened. And you, you obviously have to take into account injuries and things like that. But how much has what's happened changed the way these teams are viewed? And a lot of the times you'll see that teams are viewed more negatively, even though maybe they shouldn't be because they've played a tougher schedule. And in fact, there's a game we're, we're recording this Thursday night. There's a game going on tonight 
Uh, that it didn't make my card, but it actually almost did. Uh, between Pepperdine and Pacific, and Pacific on, on if you just look at the records, you say, oh man, Pacific mm, is way point. better than Pepperdine. And then you look at their strength of schedule. You look back at what was expected of these teams preseason, and you say, oh, maybe not. And there's a reason Pepperdine was laying three points tonight, even though they've got like five or six more losses than Pacific. So it's always important to take into account what these teams did in getting to this uh, this conference tournament or to this conference season. And remember, you know, the expectations preseason, often that's those, those can – and obviously they're not always accurate – but it gives you a good idea of what the what the coaches around the league think, uh, what the ta- what the talent looks like, and when you take into account injuries and things like that, you you can start to see where teams have moved since then. Yeah, certainly. So I, I mean, and you brought up the, a great example. So much what we see, and, and let's be honest, a lot of you guys listening out there are, are just now you know dipping your toe in the water as far as college basketball. Why even betting football? NFL regular season's over now. There's only a few playoff games left. Obviously, the Bulls are wrapping up in college football, so I know you guys got to have action. And now this is usually around the first time of the year where you're betting the college hoops, and you know the squares of the squares are going to look at records, and they're going to see a lot of instances where maybe an eleven and one type of team is catching points against a team that's seven and five. And I just think the mistakes that is made in the marketplace is not accounting for the strength of schedule. And again, the Pacific Pepperdine. Example is good. What have I told you? I, I just pulled that up actually. And, and Pacific's twelve and four, Pepperdine is seven and seven, and uh, Pepperdine is a three point favorite tonight. So uh, obviously you, you say, okay, well that that doesn't make much sense because you know they've uh, they've they're they've got the better record, you know. Yep. And and uh, Pacific's played the three hundred and fiftieth best schedule in the country, or so they they've played basically nobody. And then if you go pull up the preseason West Coast Conference predictions, and you see, oh, Pepperdine was picked to finish behind Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU, ahead of Santa Clara and San Francisco, a couple teams that have earned they've earned a lot, quite a bit of respect early in this season, and Pacific picked to finish eighth out of a ten-team league. Uh, so now uh, suddenly you see three points, and it's like, oh, maybe I'm actually getting value with this team uh, because as long as there's no major injuries, maybe, maybe you are getting some value there on their home court. They're basically saying these two teams are even when, you know, we never thought they were even before. And when one team's played a garbage schedule, it, it's really hard to tell what they are, whatever their record may say they are. So uh, just as, as you're dipping your toe in the water, I, I think just be well aware and be very wary. And I would say, you know, you're never blindly betting on anything, but at least when I come in hot and heavy to the college basketball season, if you ask me, because I usually come in hot and heavy just with the public. I mean, I'm following college football, all the bowl games, NFL's wrapping up. There's only 24 hours in a day. Usually the first Saturday in January is when I start going full-time college basketball. And if you ask me, hey, what's one factor you're looking at first Saturday of January that usually coincides? Now, what's different a little bit this year, these teams have played in a lot of these conferences, a couple conference games. But what coincides with me jumping up is the start of conference play and then this vast disparity in strength of schedule. I think it is the most important factor. That's A.J. Hoffman. I'm Brad Powers talking about the number one factor in the number two edition of the College Basketball Dream Preview. Uh, unlike the College Football Dream Preview and the NFL Dream Preview, we like to hit it hot and heavy here. Uh, we know that you're strapped for time in a lot of instances, so let's not beat around the bush. Let's get right to it with some Saturday action here. Uh, first game, and, and just uh, FYI, 
lot of disagreement w- with AJ and myself, and I'm just going to lay it out there. Uh, if you're you know, in between, you know, riding the fence on who should you, you know, be riding with, with a lot of these disagreements, I'll just say AJ's the favorite in a lot of these, and I am the underdog. Will I be the underdog? The early, the early season favorite. Oh, yeah, you're the early season favorite. Now, will I be the underdog come late February and March? Probably not. <laughs> we'll see, though. You know, every year's a new year. So, uh, But right now, clearly, AJ's got a little bit more depth of knowledge than I do. I'll pick it up here, uh, and it starts with my power ratings, which uh, I'll send my first edition out tomorrow on Friday morning. Creighton at number 11, Butler. Projected line. Here's another thing. This is your first college basketball dream preview. We have to do line projections. Why? The lines aren't out yet. So bear with us. We usually use a combination of my power ranks, which aren't out yet. So with them not out yet, what we do is usually a little bit of a combination between Ken Pomeroy, Ken Pom, which sets basically the college basketball market, at least early on, and Jeff Sagarin's. We do, do a little bit of an average there. And, and uh, you know, maybe we shade towards one or the other, depending on what's happening. Right now, projected line, Butler at home against Creighton. Butler, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. AJ, I'll let you lead the way here. All right, I lean to Creighton plus the points here, and it, it may be a, a sucker play for me because I was on Creighton last night, uh, uh, and they just – they really dominated Marquette, and it, it was a really impressive showing. So I may have a little bit of recency bias here. But they are the, – the Blue Jays, six-and-one since they got blown out by San Diego State back in late November, six-and-one against the spread – and they are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the, in the country, 37.7% from three. Stanford, uh, who lost to Butler by one, is the only other team in the top 50 in three-point percentage that the Bulldogs have played. Stanford shot nine of 20 that game and were able to, to play Butler within one point. I think the Blue Jays are a better overall team than Stanford is. These are two bad rebounding teams. Butler's slightly better. Uh, but both teams, top 25 in protecting the ball. The difference being Butler doesn't force turnovers. Creighton does a little bit more. Creighton's returned four starters from that 21 team last year, and and they were projected to, to be the better team this year. And they've, they've played similar uh, schedules. Butler's got one loss, and they're now looked at as a over a possession better on a neutral. They the, the What's happened in the preseason, these two teams have played very similar schedules, and the reaction has been that Butler is now better than Creighton, even though that wasn't predicted to be the case preseason. Uh, I think one of the things that's sort of buoying Butler's value is the win over Purdue. And I just don't think much of that win over Purdue. I, I think that, you, and you'll hear me say this a couple more times later in this podcast, I don't think Purdue is nearly as good as the market thinks so. Uh, so I, I, I don't give them as much credit for that win as, as what Ken Palm and, and things like that will give them. I, I think it's a low-scoring game. I think it's probably a, a, a lean-to-the-under game, which we project at around 134 for the total. So if, if it's a low-scoring game, uh, I think the teams are, are fairly even. I'll take the team getting over two possessions, six-and-a-half points for Creighton. Yeah, it makes some sense. I mean, if you're looking towards the dog under, probably the way to go. I'm on the other side, and, and this is where you start. I'm leaning Butler here minus the points, and here's where, the, you know, the, whether it's college basketball or college football or the NFL, there, there's some more, you know, sometimes more art than science. So you're taking, you know, you're, you got some positive vibes after Creighton blew out uh you know Marquette the the other night right yeah I feel I feel I feel good about him and I do admit that may be uh sort of clouding my judgment yeah so I mean you could look at that hey the trend line's really good and I agree with you Creighton's playing their best ball this season maybe the market hasn't caught up or you can be on the other side hey 
and especially a team that likes to rely on the three ball, that was Creighton's by far their best performance. I don't mind fading that immediately after that, especially on the road playing another good team here in Butler. Here's what I see statistically. Butler's got a big rebounding edge here, especially when you look at the defensive boards. I don't expect Creighton to get much offensively as far as the rebounding goes. Experience edge Butler. And here's something that I'll mention from time to time that you can pull from the, the Ken Palm site. That's KenPalm.com. I'll promote him. What the hell? I mean, I have my handicappings based off of him. Uh, luck. So there's a category when you go to it, and it's called the luck factor. And basically, it's, you know, what's your win percentage over what you're expected to win looking at the team's efficiencies offensively and defensively on a per-game basis, and then you average it out, you come out with what your luck is for the season. And right now, out of 353 teams, Creighton is number 14 in luck, which means they've had a lot of it. So they've certainly, their win-loss record has certainly been overachieved when it comes to, you know, comparing it to what their efficiency ratings are. So I don't mind fading that, and I don't mind fading a team off their best performance of the season. But it's not its not a strong opinion. It's just a, well, like RJ likes to say, just a lean, just a lean on Butler plus six and a half. Any closing thoughts, AJ? Nope, that's it. Lean for me on Creighton. And, you know, we'll see how this goes. This is what possibly could happen after a lot of these disagreements on Saturday. I can certainly imagine myself doing this. I cried. I'm not afraid to admit it. I cried. (laughs) There could be some instances of that going up against AJ here this week. Speaking of that, another disagreement in the next game. Uh, A good game uh, coming out of the ACC. A couple of top 20 teams, number 18, Florida State's at number seven, Louisville. Uh, You know, I'll mention the time since it's, it's, it's a relatively big card. Uh, this one you can catch 2 o'clock on ESPN2. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'll lead the way here. You know, there isn't a disagreement. I, what, what am I looking at here? We actually both lean towards you like it. You know what? Since you're liking it, I, I'll let you go ahead and take, uh, take, the, take yeah, it away. I, I like the under and Florida State okay. in this game, and which is maybe a, a bit odd. Uh, but I, I, I was looking at Florida State and what they've done uh, in outside the top 250 in tempo. And they've played eight teams, which is actually pretty remarkable that they've played eight teams in, in basically the bottom, you know, 75, 80 in tempo in the country. And those eight games are seven and one to the under. And the one over was was against a Chattanooga team that was it's one of the worst teams on Florida State schedule. It was an 89-53 game, went over by six points. It just there it, it was one team that was just overmatched physically. Uh, Louisville, they rank 300th in tempo. Florida State's not scored more than 66 points on a neutral floor or road floor, and they they are they are a uh, a block a shot blocking team, which is always nice for the under two. They average nearly six blocks per game. They just had nine their last game their last game out here. Louisville two and five to the under in the last seven, and one of those two overs came because they had 26 points in overtime uh, against Kentucky. Uh, both these teams are outside the top 150 in three-point attempts, so that's always nice for the uh, the unders as well. Uh, and, and you know, obviously, if I if I can get six points in a game that whether I think is going to be a very low-scoring game, and I think these two teams are actually pretty well matched. I think Florida State it brings a physical edge uh, that a lot of teams don't don't know how to deal with. They they have some some athleticism, some physicality. And I, I think that Louisville is, is struggling a little bit on offense right now. And I, I think Florida State is going to take advantage of that. I don't know that they can win outright. Uh, it's a tough place to go. Obviously, the Yum Center, they have, they've, they've got a great edge there. But uh, I, I think it's an under game. And I think, I think Florida State can hang within six here. 
Yeah, you get agreement with me. I'm leaning Florida State here, plus the six. And, you know, how do we come up with lines? I mean, obviously, the, I'll just say this, you know, obviously using Ken Palm and Sagarin. But the other factor is home, home court advantage. What, what, what do I use for it? Uh, about three and a half points. You know, used to be probably closer to four. If you look at the advanced metrics, you know, on a per average basis, the Ken Palms, the Sagarins are, you know, in between three and three and a half. But that's more of an average of all 353 teams. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm not A.J. Hoffman. I'm not, you know, going MEAC and SWAC and all those added games where I think there's a little bit less home court advantage. We're mainly talking on these podcasts and most of my uh, games and picks will come fr- from the major conferences. You know, the top 150, 200 teams. Uh, I'm not necessarily handicapping the Summit League and whatnot on a, on a Are game. Are you calling me a dumpster diver? Nah, not as much. I know there's some value there, but, you know, I just, there's only 24 hours in the day. And, and look, I'll say this, we're not covering, you know, Omaha basketball uh, on straight out of Vegas. So I'm limited when it comes to that. Certainly some value there. And I recommend AJ. I mean, he, he follows it. He, I don't know how, I mean, somehow he's got like a 48 hour a day type of schedule with what, what, what he handles. But back to what, uh, you know, home court is, about three and a half for me. Slightly more than what Ken Palm and Sagarin does just because we're doing more of the, uh, you know, higher-ranked teams, higher-profile teams. Lean Florida State for me, uh, turnover edge significant. Louisville, you know, doesn't force any turnovers on defense. Florida State does in a game that's going to be decided by a couple possessions. Uh, that could be critical turnovers. A big advantage for Florida State in height. Uh, that's another thing I'll, I'll mention from time to time. Louisville's average height, uh, as far as if you're ranking them across the country, Florida State, number one. One out of 353 in average height for them. Usually a mismatch for Florida State in favor of the Knowles here. And here's another thing. You know, some people, oh, the team's cold. I can't, you know, back them. But Florida State hasn't covered in any of their last four games. You know what I say? Eh, makes them cheap. Nobody wants to bet a team hasn't covered in four straight. I'll bet them, though. I'll lean with the Knowles here, plus the six. Any closing thoughts? Nope, that's all I got. All right, let's move along. Next up, you know what? We don't uh, look in here. Oh, wow, some disagreement here. I'm going to try to get AJ to bet me on my best bet, but we don't put this at the end. I'm going to leave it right in in the order that we have it here. Next up for me is my best bet. And guess what? Sleepy. Sleepy Jay in the house. He's also He's on this you. one. So, wow, we got double agreement on both of the best bets. How about that? McKenzie. I like it. What, what would you put the odds of all these games and both of us have best bets on the same game? Factoring in the bump for great minds think alike, it's still it's a long shot. It's one in ten at least. So, uh, now you and Sleepy didn't discuss this beforehand either, right? We did not. No. We did not. I have not oh, talked boy. to Sleepy other than just giving him the games and saying there was going to be a podcast. Sleepy edits these podcasts, but th- that was all. I-, I didn't say, hey, Sleepy, I'm on this game or this team or whatnot. Nothing. You didn't give it to, to a McKenzie, right? No, I would have. I would have. I would try to sneak that by you, but no, nah, this is truly serendipitous. You got an NBA best bet at the end? Uh, Sixers first quarter, 65% ATS when Embiid <laughs> plays. I just play every single time. So repeat that again. So 76ers, yeah. Joel Embiid is in the game. Yep. First quarter against the spread. Okay. It's a winner. Fair enough. That's okay. McKenzie, extraordinaire, coming in with some NBA. Like it. All right, let's do best bet. We first, though, have to go to our girl. Don't 
anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. One and zero already on college basketball best bets. I think I won the under in that one a couple weeks ago. Illinois, Missouri, a winner. Let's go. The easy winner. Yeah, not bad. That's funny. <laughs> I spend so much time on college football and I lose. Hardly any time in the NFL I win. A little bit more time on college basketball and I win. Ugh. I like winning though. And let's try to get you a winner here. Number ten Villanova's at Marquette. Projected line Marquette minus one. Best bet for Brad Powers, Marquette, baby. Now, last time we talked Nova, I believe A.J. Hoffman was on Nova in that Kansas game. I was yeah. on Kansas. And and what what refresh my memory. How did Nova do in that game? The Villanova came out a winner. They did. So that was one for A.J. Hoffman. I cried. I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> I cried. I cried on that one. But hopefully not this one. Here's what I see. Now, obviously, Villanova's playing their best ball this season. Six straight wins. You look at their losses. I can understand them. Ohio State and Baylor, their two losses, two top 10 teams. You know, Marquette hasn't played well against good teams, so I'm giving you the bad news first. Marquette, four top 40 teams. They're one and three. They've gotten drilled by Wisconsin, by Maryland. You know, just we just got done talking about it. Got drilled by Creighton in their last game. But that's where I see the value. I don't mind playing on a Marquette team off their worst performance of the season. Like Creighton, Marquette, a high-variance team. Why? Because they rely so heavily on the three-point shot. Marquette, number two in the country in three-point percentage on offense. Nova, defensively, how do they defend the three? Average, 186 in the country, almost smack dab right in the middle. Marquette has the experience edge. I think they're cheap here. I think this is their home game of the season, their home game, the game that they've circled on their calendars all year. Marquette, minus one, best bet. What say you, AJ? Yeah, I I tend to disagree with you here. I I lean Villanova plus one. And Villanova, in this matchup between uh, Jay Wright and Woj in that era, uh, 14 games, Villanova 12-2. and straight up and Marquette's two mm. wins came by a combined three points. Uh, Marquette doesn't have a quad one yet, one win yet. Villanova's played a tougher schedule. Obviously the Kansas win is, is a quad one win and Nova is at a rare backcourt disadvantage, but they've got more ways to win with bigs and wings than Marquette does. Marquette is basically the Marcus Howard show and how Marcus Howard goes. So, so goes Marquette and he's great. Creighton got him into foul trouble though. And if Marquette doesn't beat you with with Howard, they probably don't beat you. Is the way I'm looking at it. Nova started out three and seven against the spread. They were expensive early. They've won two straight against the spread and straight up, uh, and they're coming off their two best wins of the season against Kansas and Xavier. I, I think Nova understands they, their their next two games on the road at Marquette at Creighton, and they need to at least get a split in those two games. Creighton has actually been the toughest place to play for Villanova. Uh, so I expect to get a fully spirited effort trying to get this win at Marquette. And, and Marquette's only played they've, – they've played one ranked team this year, and it was a 21-point loss to Maryland. Not a, not a good look. So I, I maybe – as much as I like Marcus Howard, I think the market overvalues what, what Marquette is as a team because of Marcus Howard. Mm-hmm. So give me the uh, – give me, give me Villanova here uh, with, with getting just a point. Is that a lean or a like? It's a lean. I, I mean, Not it, a like, so you don't want to bet me. 
and sleeping. I don't want to bet you. I mean, it, it's and especially with both of you guys on it. But yeah, it, it is it is scary because Marcus Howard. It, it, there's always that that chance that he goes off for 45, 50 points, and then you know any handicapping you do is out the window. But uh, but yeah, I, I think historically the way that Jay Wright has handled Woj makes me feel pretty good about Villanova. And that I'll be perfectly frank. I did not dive into the past series history, so kudos to you on that one. You lean Villanova. However, I'm coming over the top. I'm still confident. I'm still betting it. Best bet for Brad Powers, Marquette minus one. I'll let Sleepy break the tie here. Sleepy, what say you? All right, guys. So I had to go ahead and listen to this podcast to find out exactly where I was supposed to plug in my sound. And prior to where my sound was supposed to be plugged in, I overheard Brad saying, that he actually liked this pick, that this was his best bet as well. Well, that's actually a good thing for me because Brad and I agreed last week and we both hit our best bet. So I'm actually quite excited that Brad agrees with me on my best bet for this week on Marquette. And it's not uncommon that sharp guys align on the same play. So let me give you my reasoning why I actually like Marquette in this game. My number one reason, I have the best player on the floor in Howard. If Villanova can't figure out a way to slow Howard down, they will not win this game. If you go through and you look at who Villanova beat this season, yes, they have some pretty impressive wins, but my key concern is who have they beat on the road? Well, they've only played twice on the road this entire season, as in true road games. Once at Ohio State, they got bombed in that game, and their last road game was against St. Joe's. St. Joe's worst team in the A-10. So I'm not really impressed with what Villanova has done on the road. They now will have to play back-to-back road games, one here against Marquette and then again at Creighton. I feel this is a real big sandwich spot right now for a team like Villanova because they beat Kansas, they just beat Xavier. Now they've had some time off to sit, think about, uh, quote-unquote, how good they might be with their number 10 ranking, and they have a look ahead against Creighton, and Creighton is not an easy place to go play. In my rankings, Creighton is like number three, number four, hardest venue to go into to win the game. So I think Villanova will be overlooking this game. Marquette, they don't have the big flashy wins that Villanova has, but I think this game here for Marquette gets them into the top 25. You know, one thing that I was taught from somebody who was teaching me a long, long time ago about sports betting that really stuck with me was don't bet against teams at home that just need to win the game. Right now our projected line, Marquette minus one, potentially a pick. We just need Marquette to go ahead and win here at home. One other factor I'm considering for this game that I actually like is if you look at Villanova's Colin Gillespie, he shot the ball a lot last game. Actually had some decent success in that game, had 24 points. I have a feeling he may come into this one on the road against a pretty decent Marquette defense and shoot up too many shots. And eventually, Marquette, because they are the better rebounding team, that they'll go ahead with their strong inside presence. And Marquette should be able to control the glass and the interior throughout the entire game. So that's going to be my best bet for the week, guys. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Marquette minus the one point. And just to clear some things up, I know Brad has touched on it. Brad and I, we don't know our picks prior to the podcast. Uh, Right now, two for two with our best bets aligning for our first two podcasts. Maybe it'll happen again next week. We'll see. All right. That's Sleepy Jay, the one and only. Moving along here, another big game. This is a pretty good – I'll tell you what, they would be smart if I'm the, you know – 
the czar, the commissioner of college basketball, I would load up that first Saturday without any college football. Man, I'd try to have at least four or five marquee matchups. Really, well, I mean, the problem is there's NFL playoffs. That's true. Football so still king. Good point. It's the king. Like, yeah, I guess the one to do it would be the, the Saturday and Sunday in between the championships and the Super Bowl, right? Oh, yes. That's the time to go. Yeah, you're right. Damn. Hopefully I'm not conceding too much here. I'm going to sound weak, weaker than I already am. Number 16, West Virginia. At number three, Kansas projected line eight and a half here. And I think AJ's coming in strong on this one. You like who? I like West Virginia. Eight, eight and a half is a big number. And obviously, Kansas is a tough place to play. Uh, but West Virginia is just coming off that huge win against Ohio State. I think West Virginia is maybe a, a bit underrated, undervalued in the market. Uh, the game was in Ohio, but that. I don't want to say it was a road game because it certainly felt like a West Virginia home crowd. And I'm assuming, you know, West Virginia fans being in the Big 12, they don't get to travel to a lot of the games. And, you know, getting to Cleveland seems relatively easy. But that that was a really good showing for, for West Virginia fans. And really, they they put a whooping on Ohio State, who I think is a really good team. West Virginia, I think, is a, a dark horse uh, for later in, in, in March. They're the seventh best rebounding team in the country. Kansas top thirty at limiting opponents' rebounds, so they, they do uh, they do a good job as well. These are very similar teams. They're both physical. They both turn the ball over probably more than they should. They're not great ball handlers, but in a really physical bang you know bang them around game, give me the team that's got better depth. And West Virginia fifth in the country in bench production. Kansas two hundred and seventy third. It's going to be hard for either team to run away because they're both bad three point shooting teams. They're both bad free throw shooting teams. West Virginia does a really good job uglying up games. It's hard to picture them getting blown out uh, in eight and a half points. I mean, it, Kansas would really have to put it to them with a total uh, that we're projecting in the high 130s. Eight and a half seems like a lot for two teams that I think are closer than what the metrics say. I like West Virginia plus eight and a half here. Yeah, Kansas has been kind of a, a house of horrors for West Virginia. A lot of, a lot of games that they thought they've had uh, that, <laughs> that the, it hasn't turned no out that way. For him. I think there was a game, I'm trying to think, I think foul shooting in like the second half was like 30 to four. This is from like a couple years ago. I mean, and Huggins was just irate at the end of it. Yeah, it does seem a little high. Uh, I, I hear you on that one. Uh, but man, I'm looking at Kempom again, make sure I didn't make a mistake. They, they got it at nine. So uh, maybe it does seem a little high. I'm certainly leaning with you. I'm on the dog here. I'm on West Virginia, and I think you touched on something that, that I look at a, a lot. And what, what I probably have five or six things that, that, that I'm really basic when it comes to college basketball handicapping, but it is a, you know some advanced metrics because I'm using Kempom, but one that's not necessarily an advanced metric, but, but I think is really you know pertinent if you're looking to back a favorite or fade a favorite, foul shooting, especially around this line. You know, that sweet spot, six to eight, nine points where you could see the end game, you know, becoming a factor if there's some foul shooting that you're going to have to rely on late. Uh, in that little corridor there, probably I'll make it like favorites of five to nine. I look at, you know, how good are they shooting the free throws because there is a significant chance that, you know, the game's going to fall right in that area. And that usually means in the last 90 seconds, two minutes, might be a foul fest. And can't trust Kansas uh, when it comes to the, the free throw shooting. Uh, both the teams, you know, well below average in that category. So, you know, we're talking bottom 75 in the entire country. 
Well, you know, <laughs> neither team, uh, you know, for me, uh, there's not that much separation. I do think that there might be a little overreaction in the marketplace with West Virginia's best performance off last week. But, you know, I, I'm going to take the dog here. West Virginia plus eight and a half. I don't have too much on this one. You like it, so I'll rely on you, AJ. We didn't compare Just notes. Just a lean for you? Just a lean. A lot of leans this week. I, I think I came out. I You know, I had in the last podcast, if I sounded more confident, I had like a full day to like, you know, really prep. I You know, I had a couple things this morning. You texted me this morning, you know, pull behind the curtain here. You're like, hey, you want to do a college podcast? And I'm like, I'll be perfectly honest here. I, I'll tell you what my first initial thought was, AJ. No, I don't want to do a college. But <laughs> I mean, geez, I, I just, you know, I'm just getting done with New Year's Day. I don't want to look at college basketball today. May, you could talk me into a Friday. I'll do it, but not Thursday. Did but, you get lucky on New Year's? No, I went to bed at 9 o'clock. Can you believe that? Oh, that's incredibly disappointing. I went to bed at 9 o'clock. I'm in Vegas. I'm out in Ohio. Went to bed, <laughs> woke up at one, probably, I mean, because it sounds like, you know, I'm having Vietnam flashbacks or Persian Gulf War. It's so loud here with the fireworks. And I couldn't get back to bed, so I just worked. So I worked. I started working at 1 a.m. in the morning. Uh, and then, you know, just uh, nobody cares about what, what I did. But, yeah, that was my New Year's Eve. 9 o'clock yeah, in I bed, assume, 1 o'clock up. I assume some lucky lady caught caught up with Brad Powers, and you guys just you, you didn't go to sleep last night, so you were just you I don't know if she considers yeah. herself lucky. Let's just put it that way. I mean, if you've seen me <laughs> in the mirror lately, I mean, I, I'm a little well, different looking than what I was when I came here. So it's, well, it's Brad, been a I, tough three, four years. I assume you left her with some with some cash in her pocket. I mean, that's, that, <laughs> that, that's that was, the only that, way Brad Powers <laughs> is getting lucky. So yeah, when you say, I guess when you put it in that perspective, she could be lucky if you know she's getting paid <laughs> when it's all said and done. That's AJ Hoffman. I am Brad Powers. What? I mean, your family man. What'd you do? Uh, I sat on the couch watching Netflix documentaries with my wife, drinking beer. There you go. That's yeah, living the dream, man. For a lot of you out there. That I mean, let me. I'll make a. Uh, I'll do an RJ and I'll make a podcast recommendation. This is some <laughs> of the, some of the craziest stuff I ever seen. There's a there's a pod or a uh, a documentary on Netflix called Don't F with Cats, and it is one of the most mind blowing stories you'll ever hear. It's about basically this guy who was, uh, was cats torturing the, the, the Broadway show or real cats? No, like real cats. <laughs> There's this guy who basically posted videos online of him killing cats. Oh my god! And no, I mean obviously the police don't know where this guy is, so and they're not going to go out of their way to look for him. But a bunch of internet nerds were like, "We're not going to stand for this." So basically, the collective group of internet nerds in the country—nerds, what do you call them? Nerds, world. like people that actually have a conscience that you know. Well, good- no, I'm telling you, they used the power of the internet to locate oh, this guy. Okay, like, okay. you know, I, I don't mean nerd in a in a bad way. All right. I mean these guys were geniuses, and they basically started a, an international manhunt for this guy. It's a, they a got really, him? really, they got. Well, he he eventually. Uh, I'm going to ruin the documentary here. So, nah, spoiler don't alert. don't. Wait, did okay, he get okay. what he deserved? Well, you'll have to watch it yourself. All right. That's AJ Hoffman. Don't F with cats. You, you shouldn't. Anybody that's owned a cat should know that by now. That's just, I I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, mm. I, people that do that to animals, it's just, oof. not gonna. I, I applaud the people that, that got after the guy. Let's just put it that way. Let's move along now. Let's move along to the palestra 
for this one. And the, this were the is, Nittany the Nittany Cats. Yeah, the Nittany Cats. See, you're that's why you're a professional broadcaster, yes. AJ, with the throws and the teases and all that. I, I missed an opportunity there. But thankfully you're here to help me out. I'm all over it. Number twenty three, Iowa, taking on number twenty one Penn State. And again, this game's in the palestra. It's it's in Philadelphia. It's not a true home game for Penn State. I say this because you're gonna laugh at a lot of this. But, you know, the squares that are betting college basketball are probably going to look at the rotation numbers and see Penn State's on the bottom. Oh, Penn State's at home, and, boy, they're they're only laying one. Well, that seems pretty cheap for a couple of top 25 teams. I, I've even seen – I couldn't explain – I think this might have been a couple of years ago. See, the Big Ten's been playing that one game or a couple games in, in Madison Square Garden, and I had, like, a power ratings difference of, like, three, three-and-a-half points in one of those games. I'm like, why is this line sitting the way it is? And my theory was, you know what? I'm not sure the market, at least right now at this particular place, and maybe it wasn't three and a half points. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it certainly was an overlay. I'm like, I'm not sure the the betting market is fully aware that this game is in Madison Square Garden. I know that sounds square. It sounds like there's no way. But when there's 150 games on a Saturday, sometimes those books, you know, random books, I'm not saying, uh, you know, all of them, Sometimes they don't factor that in where the games actually play, believe it or not. That's why I do think college basketball is a, a very beatable sport. In this instance, again, to no surprise, AJ, with the much stronger opinion, you like who in this matchup? I like the Nittany Cats uh, in this <laughs> matchup. Uh, I like Penn State minus one is where we project it. And you're right, it's it's not a home game. It's a, it's a neutral site game, but obviously I think there will be a Penn State slant to the crowd. Yeah, I gave one point um, to Penn State. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And it's it's rare for these two teams to be both ranked. It, it doesn't happen very often. The second time in the history of the matchup. And Penn State has a player named Lamar Stevens, who is one of the best under-the-radar players in the country. He's six foot eight. He's versatile. He can shoot. He can play inside. He is a real, real treat to watch. Uh, and, and Iowa has found some success lately with, with Luke Garza down low. But he's got a bad matchup here with Mike Watkins. And Penn State is third nationally in block shot percentage. Watkins personally, three and a half blocks per game. Uh, so I think Luke Garza is going to to really be having some problems down low. I and mean, they're going to turn Iowa into a shoot first team, which obviously I prefer to if I'm if I'm hoping the team that wants to shoot is going to struggle. I actually like this being in the palestra versus being, uh, you know, in the gym at Penn State. Uh, Iowa has a freshman point guard making his third start, struggled against Cincinnati, looked good against Kennesaw State, but who doesn't look good against Kennesaw State? So I imagine he's got some growing pains uh, in his first conference game. And, and these these home road splits have been huge in Big Ten play. And, and like I said, I, obviously mm. it's a neutral site, but there is going to be a crowd advantage here for Penn State. Uh, so two teams that I, I have pretty pretty much even. Uh, I actually, I'll, I'll like Penn State here uh, based on some of the matchups that I see. I saw that earlier. Yeah, I think it started like twelve and zero in conference play, Big Ten home teams. What yeah. uh, what is it up to now? I haven't looked at it. That was a couple weeks. ago. I don't know what the current standing. And, and obviously, there's a lot of games going right yeah. now. Uh, so I don't know the exact current standings, but I know I think it got out to like fourteen and one or something like that. All right, you know what? You can fu- AJ is the real right. That that's uh, your Twitter handle. That is. Why don't you tweet it out tomorrow after these games are played? If not, you can okay, follow I, me at Brad Power Seven. I, 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 I'll, uh, I'll deliver it after the fact. If AJ does, AJ is the real on Twitter. Doesn't, uh, 
deliver that. Do you know how to look that up on Killer Sports? I can, I can look that up. All right. Follow AJ on Twitter, at AJ is the real for that updated number on Big Ten home teams. It was getting a lot of play in uh, the, the betting markets I was seeing earlier in the season. So that is another strong opinion from AJ. wonder who picked all these games. Huh. Well, that, that was me, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Easy I, to have I, I opinions. Do Let me, do. Let's do this game. Let's do that game. Let's do this game. I, I that's all the games the you have an opinion game. on. I no, I tried to find the biggest game. Right, I usually don't nah, even play I'm these big games. Now that said, I did. I did when I sent out the email this morning. I, I, as I was going through the uh, through the games, I, I left off a pretty big game. I feel bad about it. But oh, I, you know, I, I left which one? Michigan, Michigan State. Now on mind Sunday? You, Michigan State's yeah, currently playing. But yeah, I left that game. Yeah, off. I, I have no. I idea mean, why. I hear you on that. What we're doing mostly Saturday games here, so I understand. And you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up. And, but I mean, you guys, you and Dave Essler are very confident. What what I we try to avoid here is avoiding teams that are playing uh, on Thursday night as we're taping this, because I mean, injuries can happen. The market can you know overreact or underreact to, to that final. Uh, so we try to avoid the teams that are playing on Thursday night, so we can get a better you know indicator of what not only projecting the line, but but also the handicap. Because I mean, let's face it, a lot can happen in a game, so. We try to avoid that as possible, but you're right. Again, you know, I'll throw, if you think you're going to have a strong opinion on that one, uh, I don't know if I'll have a strong opinion. Give out a free I, pick I, I, on Twitter at AJ is the real. I'll continue yeah, to promote you, that. buddy. I, hey, man, you, right. you you have all the teases and throws and all that down. I, I'll try to help you. You know, branding wise, man, throw out a free pick. I'll take People it. love it. I'll take it. They'll love it if you win. Let's just put it that they, way. Yeah, that's when they love. The loses. Maybe it wasn't a good idea to put out a free pick on Twitter. <laughs> so going into today, uh, 12 teams in, in the Big Ten, uh, Michigan State was the only 2-0, and and Northwestern was the only 0-2. and Incredible. And Michigan State had the only road victory in the, through the first two, uh, two, two games of league play. They won 77-72 at Northwestern. So, wow, against through, the worst through, team. Yep, so through those through two games for every team, there was one road win. That's incredible. Mm. Yep. But this one isn't a home game. Just letting you guys know. Not a home game. Not a home game. I'm leaning with the under here, Iowa, Penn State. Uh, yeah, I couldn't talk myself into it. I think I was underrated. Here's another factor that I'll use. Use all these like little fancy schmancy advanced metrics. Here's one that I think makes teams either really overrated or underrated. And it has it's a totally random stat that can either positively impact you or negatively impact you. And it's free throw percentage defense. Yeah, I said it. Free throw percentage defense. Wait a second. You can't. How do you play defense on free throw shooting? You can't. Well, that way, you know, in Iowa's case, when you're number 347 in the country in free throw percentage defense out of 353 teams, 347, I mean, how can you control teams that you played are hitting 78% from the free throw line? You really can't. Although, I'll give you an example of, you know, I think there was that student body, Arizona State, a couple of years ago that had those fancy, like, celebrations behind the hoop and stuff. And mm-hmm. that one did negatively impact free throw shooting by a couple percentage points. So outside of those very extreme outliers, totally random stat. You know, how many percent you know, free throws your team is hitting? And Iowa being one of the worst in the entire country, and that makes them a little bit underrated. But you're right, Penn State. 
I know I was looking through it. I mean, when's I mean, Penn State's not known for basketball. I mean, I was looking through it. This is probably the best Penn State team in at least 20 years. The only team in consideration would be the team that won the NIT a couple of years ago. Yep. I, I can't talk myself into uh, a side here. You st- you like the over or the under? Uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I sort of lean towards the under. Yeah, I just think a neutral setting, uh, a game that's going to be very competitive. Uh, you know, Palestra's known, I guess, the Philly crowds. I, I guess I've watched too much, you know, Penn basketball, Columbia, Villanova, all those teams that, that are playing in there. I I think I just named Mr. Ivy League. Columbia, is that a Philly school? I don't even know. That's New York uh, City. I actually have a Columbia yeah, yeah. City What's, sitting right next to me. What is? What are the Ivy League schools in Philly? Penn and who? Just the University of Pennsylvania. Just Penn? All right. Thank you for that. Did you know... Uh, I, I mean, we got a couple of Ivy Leaguers as producers, AJ. Oh, what a life. Where'd you go like to college? My producers can barely, uh, can barely talk. Where, where'd you go to uh, school, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I went to a couple schools. I went to Austin P. I went to yep. Belmont. and uh, Nashville, and I went baby. To a, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in Nashville. And I, I went to another, like a, a music engineering college. So uh, um, I went to music colleges. It was a hey, giant AJ, waste of my life. Is it true? I heard you had an internship at the School of Hard Knocks early in your career. Uh, I No, I actually, t- I actually taught an internship there. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mackenzie, Ivy Leaguer couple of ivy leaguers i just went to bowling green that was Oof. that was an ivy league joke i got it yeah that's how you know i'm smart when an ivy leaguer throws a joke my way and i get it that's how you know i didn't even get it i am i close. am not a smart person well you're a, you went you went to a mac school brad yeah. what are you gonna do <laughs> i what is the joke i don't get it the school well, of hard knocks isn't a real school it's kind of like uh well i'm thinking like University. hbo hard knocks I, I didn't even know what you were saying it's just he's a tough guy well, I kind of get that because he's an MMA guy. Is it hard? Okay, it's not really a haha joke. I'm a. I'm a I guess up. not. I mean, oh, that's not. No good, Ivy man. League jokes or haha jokes, Brad. Come on. Oh my god! People. Wow. You, what would you if you would have said that on RJ's podcast? What do you think would have happened? Well, I don't know if he could oh. mute my mic, but he would have found a way. He <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he might, he 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 might have come right through you. that glass window. <laughs> my goodness. You were smart to try that with me. Let's just put it that way. Keep it, keep it that way. Uh, anything else on this game? No, I think that's all I got. Let's move along. Next game. Texas at number six, Baylor. Projecting Baylor to be right around a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Total 131. I need some likes here. I really do. So you know what? I'm going to like the under at 131. You know, Baylor's huge edge on the glass for them as far as offensive rebounding compared to Texas. Texas, not. I mean, Shaka Smart. I think people like like that. They like the Texas brand. When they win the NIT last year, but mm, not a lot of value if you've been betting Texas basketball last ten games. You're two and eight against the number. Neither team has went out of their way and played a tough schedule. Both rank in the two hundreds as far as strength of schedule. Couldn't talk myself into a side here. I'll go under one of the first conference games of the season. Uh, slow tempo for me, for a relatively slow tempo for both teams. Under 131, I'll upgrade it to a like. What say you, AJ? Yeah, I, I wanted to like the under as well, but then I looked at, at some of the, the recent games, and 
because uh, but these teams are their style of play leans to unders. Yeah. They're 180, 272 in tempo, 13th and 40th in adjusted defense. Uh, Texas is just a, a bad offensive team. Uh, they're, they're subpar free throw shooting teams, all those things that I like. And then I looked at recency, and in the last three years, these teams are five and one to the over. And, Ooh, and in that span, and series the, meetings, the, the the average no, yeah, in series meetings, the average number between these two teams was set at one thirty-two and a half in the last six games. The average final's been one forty-six in those games. So, mm. uh, as much as I, I wanted to play under one thirty-one, these two teams, while they play, they're under style teams, and they're you know, they're, it, it seems like the numbers line up for it that way. Uh, they, they, when they match up, it's been overs and, and I, I lean to Baylor as well. Uh, Texas has just been garbage against the spread. And much like I said earlier with Butler, I, I think that Purdue win is sort of overhyping what the market thinks of Texas right now. The other two top 100 teams they played in Providence and Georgetown blew their doors off. So I, I don't think very highly of this Texas team. But I also, in, in a game where I lean the under, I also don't really want to give nine and a half, ten points. Uh, with Baylor, so uh, this is a, uh, a a tough game for me uh, on uh, to give a, a Why'd you pick firm it, answer on a side or a total. Why'd you yeah, pick it? Was it? Just one of the it was one of the pre- premier All games. Right. Fair enough. It's on ESPN too. Why didn't you pick the Duke Miami game? That's uh, the primetime game I think on ESPN. What's the What's the point spread for that game? That's a good point. I mean, it's not even a competitive game. Come on, Brad. All right, that's AJ Hoffman. I, I love the the series trends there. I didn't go that deep. Hopefully, I'm not doing this yet again. Oh, I don't even have a queued up. Forget that. <laughs> here's a here's a, a cue. I cried. I cried. You like that? I cried. I, I cried. I, I had, like it. Yeah, I had a different voice inflection there. Do you know what that was off of? No. What made you cry? The Masters. Tiger Woods. Hugging his son. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's really I don't know. I just remembered one of my first golf events I ever watched was him hugging his dad when he won the 96 Masters. I don't know. I was but hoping yeah. it was something that was that was shameful that happened to you, like you know your your prom date didn't show up. Or I didn't even you, go to prom, you know. man. That's how much of a loser I was. Actually, yeah. I was working. Okay. I, I I had issues even back then. I worked. Why? That <laughs> there was you know where I worked at there was it was right in the middle of like three different high schools, and all three high schools had the prom on the same day, so they could not find anybody to work. You know what, Brad Powers? You know all five foot five of them at the time. That chubby little bastard weighed 185 pounds senior year. Yeah, he worked prom. That was a little a bit of a lonely you. night. Let's I mean, put that's, it that way. That's where your work ethic came from. <laughs> Maybe. You gave Probably up no other surefire choice. easy hey, sex what you gonna to do? work at the Tasty you know, watch, you know, watch TV by yourself or at least make some money. I think that's where it came from. That's the move. <laughs> All right, digging it deep. I'll tell you, this has been entertaining. I like this. A little personality. Last game before the best bet, the rare double best bet by not only A.J. Hoffman, but also Dave Esler. I think we're going to have an upset here. Hint, hint. And it's a big one if you haven't been watching college basketball, where you got number 13 San Diego State and Utah State. I'm glad you included this game. Why? San Diego State's one of two. There's only two unbeaten teams left in college basketball, Auburn being the other. San Diego State, we're going to project to be a small road favorite right around two and a half points here against Utah State. I'll lead the way here because I like it. I like Utah State. So hear me out. Number one, I think it's San Diego. San Diego State's got a couple of good wins. Creighton, Iowa, really good. Neutral site games right here in Vegas right around Thanksgiving. Uh, Kudos to them. But clearly this this will be probably their toughest conference game of the season when you factor in it's on the road against Utah State. 
who's one of the favorites coming in to the season when it comes to the Mountain West Conference. And I don't mind playing on Utah State here, who will certainly be fired up. The biggest home game of the season for them. And I think we're catching value. Why? I mean, Utah State is not only off their worst performance of the season, I can make a case that it's one of the worst performances of any team this season. A blowout loss to UNLV right here in Vegas. Can you say somebody might have been looking ahead to this game? I think that's the case here. I think they circled this one on their calendar. Give me Utah State to put the L, the first L in the loss column for San Diego State on the season. Utah State plus two and a half. I like it. I will bet it if I'm getting anywhere near that number. And I think it's outright. I'll sprinkle a little bit on the money line on Utah State. What say you, AJ? Uh, I lean against you here. Uh, oh. I, it still appears that Kata's not healthy. And, and although there is he's missed positive. half the year, are you kidding me? Well, I'm not kidding you. I, I thought maybe that he would be back for for the UNLV game. Perhaps they decided they wouldn't need him and, and sat him out for this game, which would maybe be smart. Uh, and, and I agree the San Diego State's probably a little bit overrated because of the zero in the in the loss column. But they that defense has traveled so far. San Diego State eight and six against the spread. 6-0 and against the spread in away or neutral games. Mm. Uh, Utah Utah State 5-9 and against the spread. They've only covered one game in their last eight. There was a lot of preseason hype on that Cheap. team, and, and they've not played well of late. The last six games in this series, though, and this is my like on the game. I like the under here. The last six games in this series have played under. The highest scoring game in those six games was 138. We project the total here at 131. Uh, so I, I like that as an underplay. I'm not as high on the market as as, as you, on Utah State as, as the market is. To me, they've looked very average since December. They they lost outright to a BYU team on a neutral that, that San Diego State beat in Provo, and that UNLV performance just it has a sour taste in my mouth. That may and when you think about the fact that their best player is literally it was literally a walk on. Like maybe Utah State's a little bit of fool's gold, and the only cover that they've gotten in in the last month in December was against a Florida team that's underperformed about as much as anybody versus expectations. So I, I, I'm not crazy about Utah State. It, this not this, the number, you know. It, it's it's probably not where I would be willing to to play San You're Diego State. You're not going to bet me on I, it. No, I'm not going to bet oh you. It's a lean God. for me. We can't go this you whole had, show like, without a bet. Look at you. You had two likes on the whole board, and now you're, you're trying to. Bo- <laughs> All right, hold on, and you know I I'll look into these last ones. I'll I'll look at it again. I'll pass post you. I'll uh, okay. Yeah, I'll get you on one of these. And then uh, yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a close game, but I, I like San Diego State. I like the way that defense has traveled so far. You want some action on Creighton Butler? Uh. Yeah, I'll do some action on that. That's that's. Now nah, you gotta like lean. Hold I mean, on, man. You like a lot of totals. Get get out of here. I'm looking here. We agree on the one like on West Virginia. You got a like on the under Florida State when we like the the same side. Penn State Iowa. Nah, I like the. I mean, I'm I prefer the under there. We both lean Baylor. You lean the under. I like the under. You uh, did say you like Iowa. I didn't like Iowa. I said I couldn't decide, man. I'm not fading that trend, even though it's not a home game for Penn State. Let's put that perspective. Man, should I do it on your best bet? No, I don't like Purdue. I, I, and Illinois was a team I circled. Hey, I'm going to be betting that team. I circled them last year. I circled them after AJ told me to do it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think we have a bet. Mm. 
really don't. You know, friendly bet. Since I lean Butler, you lean Creighton. You you want to bet there? Yeah, we'll we'll do something. That's fine with me. Smaller bet, since we didn't have the guts to like it. All right. A- any closing thoughts that I give? Yeah, I no, give some. I like Utah State. Let's uh, get to the best bets. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. Did you win or lose your your first one? I lost. I and we lost didn't play this. Su- I mean, what? We didn't play Blossom ahead of you, right? No. I guess you know. So we should this probably play Blossom. The, we got to break right. the jinx. I know you're not a fan, but didn't we break it last year when we started playing Blossom? I think for we you? did. Yeah. Let's just do it early, man. Come on, let's have it. Go, AJ, go. Illinois, Purdue. A couple teams that are in action right now as we record this podcast. And uh, I'll give you the the update. They may both they may both go into this game with a loss. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, currently Michigan State is up eight uh, with 16 minutes to go in the second half over Illinois, 41-33. Uh, that's at Michigan State. And then... Minnesota leading Purdue 69-68 in overtime uh, with six seconds left. So I don't know exactly what's going on right now. Uh, oh, Trevion Williams fouled Oturo, so he's going to the line. So Purdue may be coming in on a loss, too. Uh, so who knows and what Purdue this number will be. Purdue was about a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Michigan State was expected to beat Illinois. I mean, the Spartans were laying 10. Yeah, so I, it's hard to know what this number will be. My, my buy price will be up to three. I'll, I'll take Illinois with a possession here. I'm a buyer on Illinois, and, and I'm obvi- if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I'm a seller on Purdue. It, it, Illinois has got a front court in Bazanishvili and Coburn that, that's going to slow down uh, Trevion Williams and Matt Harms. And Dusumu is finally starting to turn things on. This was like a, a projected lottery pick, one of the top recruits uh, in, in Illinois basketball in years. And he had just had a really disappointing start to the season. Uh, they're one of the few teams that will have a rebounding edge over Purdue, and, and Purdue's one of the few teams that Illinois won't have a hard time out shooting. Uh, I, my my bet here is that Sasha Stefanovic doesn't go seven for ten from three like he did against Central Michigan, and I'll assume that Purdue continues to struggle to find scoring on the road like they did at Marquette and like they did at Nebraska, which is just embarrassing in hindsight that they they'd lost that game at Nebraska. So I, I'm a I'm a I'm a seller on Purdue. I'm a buyer on Illinois. Uh, you you can put this game within a possession, and and, and I'll like the uh, the Illini here. Best bet, Illini at a pick. On top of that, Mr. Dave Esler, you get full agreement. He's also on the Fighting Illini. Take it away, Dave. College basketball Sunday, love Illinois over Purdue. I expect that to open about a pick, but if Illinois gets spanked at Michigan State and Purdue beats Minnesota Thursday, we might get a little more value on the Illini. The only road game Purdue has won this year was over Ohio. Not Ohio State, Ohio. And in conference play, the Illini have already beaten Michigan at home, lost at Maryland by one on the road. Purdue play one of the slowest tempos in the nation, Illinois plays much quicker under Underwood than they ever did under Gross, should force the tempo. Why is that important? Because Purdue's losses on the road have come against Marquette and Nebraska, both teams that made them run. Illinois is not overly undersized. They do play offense under the basket, third-best offensive rebounding team in the nation, spend a lot of time at the line, and a 73% free-throw shooting team. It looks solid to me that Illinois gets their first 
win over Purdue since 2016 when Purdue came in ranked ninth. Also, right after Illinois had just lost to Michigan State, love the Illini, Sunday over the Boilermakers. All right. Very rare that we have a double best bet there. But we really we had two of them in, in this one. Marquette, Illinois. A lot riding on those uh, on those two games. Make sure you're checking that out. Any closing thoughts on this one, AJ? No, man. Appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to podcast with me. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know what? I enjoyed it. This was one of my favorite podcasts of the whole year. You know, if it wasn't for Mackenzie's lame joke, it probably would have been my all-time favorite <laughs> podcast. I thought, it was I thought the that was a solid joke, podcast McKenzie. this year, bar none. All right. I'll, because I'll you got your that. joke in, right? Because it's 2020. Oh, good point. Another, you yeah, know you what? missed that. that. That was another Ivy League joke you missed. You know what, though? That one I got. That one didn't fly over my head. <laughs> Oof. Oofa is what RJ would say. All right, AJ, as always, man, thanks for being a part of the College Basketball Dream Preview. Here's how the schedule will go moving forward. Uh, at least most weeks we'll be doing, we'll be taping them on Thursday nights, Sunday. Again, if you're looking for three-hour podcasts, this won't be the podcast for you. Try to hit it hard and heavy, about an hour, uh, 45 minutes, some podcasts, maybe some that are longer, 115 as we get into uh, more action here as we get closer to March Madness. So check them out in any podcast player. They'll be available on Fridays and Mondays. We'll be previewing the biggest games of the week, give you the biggest takes of the week, and hopefully some best bet winners. That's A.J. Hoffman. I am Brad Powers for the College Basketball Dream Preview alongside Mackenzie Rivers. And let's get, you know, Matt, do you want to, I'm not going to give you any props unless you say something. I got no Ivy League jokes for you tonight. All right. Matt Christensen also in the house. Brad Power saying so long. Take care. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.